listening to The Venue Podcast. The Venue is a worship gathering at Southcrest Baptist Church. We hope that this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. Amen. You can take a seat. Excited to be with you this morning. I'm, I'm not Brandon Hayes. I'm not the normal guy that's preaching here every week. Brandon Hayes, he's our venue pastor, and he's filling in for our senior pastor in the worship center. He's been in there the past couple weeks and actually going to be in there next week as well as our senior pastor is out on sabbatical. Uh, but I'm grateful to be with you and excited to dive into God's Word. Right, well, I want to start with this uh, that will give us some direction, kind of where we're headed this morning. Uh, in 2015, there was uh, kind of various studies that began to be released uh, in America, in the United States specifically, saying that there was people beginning to struggle with signs of loneliness. Other research began to come out from YouGov and, and others alike that found that, uh, shockingly, that 30% of American millennials said that they felt lonely most of the time or all of the time. And then COVID hit, right? And really everyone around the world, these feelings of loneliness that were starting to show for years just became like full-on swarm. Like all of us in some way felt isolated and lonely during COVID. Those feelings of loneliness swarmed on all of us. And then today, research is still finding that over 50% of Americans struggle with loneliness, that they would describe their everyday as lonely. And with feelings of loneliness, we know this, it comes anxiety, comes depression, comes suicidal thoughts, and, and many sadly and unfortunately have taken their life due to just loneliness. And then also, if you look at research, there's just countless other health issues that come with people that are struggling with loneliness and isolation. And so it's clear there, there's a lack of true connectivity happening in our world today, right? The, the things that we are desiring for aren't taking place, even though that we're the most connected we've ever been through social media and technology, right? I work a lot with the high schoolers here at Southcrest and even teenagers that are almost always in communication with someone on their phone, right? They're, they're texting and communicating with multiple groups of people. Even teenagers and college students are feeling lonely. They're, they're lacking in true connectivity in deep and meaningful relationships, and all of us, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, some people would say whether you like people or whether you dislike people, none of us want to be alone, right? None of us want to be lonely. We desire deep and meaningful friendships and community that will take place. And so whether you're a Christian or not, I, I want you to know that you have been created and designed specifically for community with God and community with others, and so I think what's really lacking, the, the void of, uh, that's taking place, and there's so much loneliness, is there's a lack of faithful friends. That, that true friendship in our world is, is not taking place anymore. And that's what we're really going to talk about this morning as we study the book of Proverbs. We're going to see what Scripture says on how we can be a faithful friend. What does a faithful friend look like according to God's Word? And specifically, we're going to see two different things. I think we're going to see how all of us can grow in becoming a faithful friend. Like, what are some areas that we need to focus on? And also, we're going to look at what should a faithful friend look like. So when you're seeking friendship and pursuing community with other people, what type of friend do you want to have 
in your life. And so if you have your Bible, we're going to begin to study Proverbs. We're going to start in chapter 12, but I'm going to read from uh, chapter 18, verse 24. And this is kind of the theme. This is the verse the Lord put on my heart as I was thinking about this. It says, One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And so the verse is saying, we want faithful friends. We want people that are going to be reliable, there for the long run, right? Not give up on us when times get hard or, or when we say something offensive against them. We want people that are going to be faithful. But also in the same turn, we want to be that type of friend. We want to be the type of friend that can be counted on, that, that's reliable, that, that's there when times are hard. But before we dive in, I want to make sure that this is really clear. The, the type of friendship that Scripture is going to talk about this morning, that, that we're going to look at, the type of faithful friend is someone that is committed in a relationship with Jesus first. Right? When it talks about two believers coming together, or a group of believers coming together in community, it's talking about Christians people that are seeking to grow in their faith, that have a relationship with Jesus. And so for some of you, you may feel lonely and that there's a lack of something in your life. And it's possible it's because you haven't gone in relationship with the greatest friend of all, right? You haven't chosen to go all in with Jesus. And maybe that's the decision that you need to make this morning because here's what I want you to hear. All of the friendship that we're going to talk about this morning, the, the deep and meaningful relationships that we all were created for and desire, those cannot take place without a relationship with Jesus first. Right? If he's the one that's created them and designed them, if you're not connected to him first, you're going to miss everything that we're about to read about. Everything that his scripture says is possible that you can have in your life without a connection to him, you'll miss all of it. And so, we're going to look at Proverbs 12, 22 first, and we're going to see as we journey through Proverbs, we're going to see four different things on what a faithful friend looks like. So Proverbs 12, 22, if you have your Bible. It says, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. First thing we see, a faithful friend is someone who keeps their word. A faithful friend keeps their word. And so Solomon says that lying is an abomination to the Lord. Other translations of scripture would des describe it as the Lord is disgusted by those who lie. And if you've grown up in the church or in the Bible Belt, you, you know this, right? Like one of the Ten Commandments is that lying is sinful, right? That it's sinful to lie and to go against other people in that way. But I want you to think about it in the context of a relationship. How often with with a neighbor, with a friend, with someone you meet at church, a coworker, do we say things like this? We say, hey, we need to get together soon. Hey, let's go grab coffee. Or, hey, this summer's been so busy, but we want to have y'all over for dinner. We want to connect. I've been missing seeing you. Let's get together. How often do we say things like that, but never follow up on our word? That we leave these empty promises. It's kind of the same idea that you're saying, hey, I, I'm praying for you, but then you never actually pray for them. And here's what's possible is there may be someone in your life that you've been saying, let's hang out, let's get together soon for months, and you've never followed up. And that person begins to just assume you don't really desire friendship. And also they can really assume that you're probably not the type of person they want to be friends with. 
Because you're communicating to them you're not loyal. You're not committed to the friendship. And so we want to be type of friends that keep our word. Proverbs 12.22 is clear that those who walk in integrity and honesty bring delight to the Lord. The Lord is delighted by those type of people. And so we want to be the type of friend that keeps our word. That does what we said we're going to do. That when you commit to hanging out with someone, you're quick to schedule it. You get it on your calendar. You follow up with them quickly of when they're available. And so I had a a guy from a small group reached out to me a couple weeks ago. Uh, We've really never spent time together. We haven't seen each other all summer because our small group hasn't been meeting. And and I've been on countless trips with the student ministry um, for camps and mission trips. Uh, But I preached a couple weeks ago in here uh, on tennis, really, is what a lot of people got out of it. (laughs) But I preached on pride and humility. But I used kind of my background with tennis as a lot of different illustrations and metaphors um, for something I struggled with. And so this, this guy reached out to me and said, hey, uh, I used to play tennis in high school, but I've really got into pickleball. We should get together soon. And I'll be honest, I thought it was a very kind message, but I really believed nothing would ever come from it, right? Like I just, this guy being nice, reaching out, saying we should get together soon. But what was so interesting is literally the next day, he sent me a message and said, hey, I'm headed out to the courts if you want to join. And so I went out there. We've played multiple times pickleball, the fastest growing sport in America. If you're not playing, you got to get about it, right? But here's, here's the point that I want you to hear, is this guy reached out to me and said that we should hang out and didn't just leave it out there, but he was intentional to make a plan, to, to offer friendship. And so what it showed to me immediately is this person desired friendship, that he was intentional. And this is one of the key parts of friendship is loyalty, How can you know that someone is committed to you, that they're committed for the long run, is they keep their word? And so we're talking about primarily right now, the illustrations I've been giving are like the beginning of a friendship. But even down the road, as you're in friendship with someone, you can know they're committed to you by how they keep their word. Are they someone that is loyal and honest with you? The second thing we'll see is in Proverbs 27. If you want to turn there, we're going to camp out and see a couple of different things in Proverbs 27. We're going to look at verse 17. Many of you know this verse. We've heard this a lot. We often just say it without really even knowing what it truly means. It says, Proverbs 27, 17 says, iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. The second thing we see is that a faithful friend is committed to your spiritual growth. A faithful friend is committed to your spiritual growth. And so Solomon uses this metaphor here of two blades rubbing together. And what happens is when you take two pieces of iron and rub them together, they become sharper and more efficient to do really what they're designed to do. And so in the same way, what Solomon is trying to help us understand is that when multiple believers get together and hold one another accountable, they study scripture, they pray together, they confess sin, and on and on and on. When those types of things happen, we become sharper. And what that means in translation is we grow in our faith. We start to look more like Jesus because of the time that we've spent in community. And so Proverbs 27 really teaches us this idea that we're not created to be alone. 
We're created to do life with one another. One of the first commands we see in Scripture is man should not be alone. We are designed and created for community. And so we talk about small groups a lot here at Southcrest, encouraging you to get plugged in, telling you about different opportunities, new groups that are starting. I just want to encourage you with that. Are you plugged in to a small group? Are you involved with a group of believers that are helping you grow in your faith? It looks different than our time here, right? This is, this is what we would call corporate worship, where you're gathering with other believers in a whole full setting, but there's not really individual connectivity when it comes to your spiritual life. All of us need full-on corporate worship, gathering as a body, but also individually, where people know you fully. They know what you're struggling with. They're praying for you. They're encouraging you. And so a knife, the more it's used, the more dull it becomes, right? It becomes less effective to do what it was designed to do. And the same is true for us, that if you feel like your faith is lacking, like maybe you would say you, you feel dull, that you struggle to read your Bible, right? Like you pull it out, but you're not really learning anything. You, you pray, but you don't know what to pray about. You came here this morning, you sang the songs, and you're just kind of here. There, there's something lacking in your life. It's possible that you're missing out on true community, right? That the thing that you need the most is to be in community with other believers. And so Hebrews 10 it encourages us with this. It says, do not neglect the gathering or meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but be connected in community. And so some of you may be neglecting the very thing you need to grow spiritually. Some of you maybe stopped going to a small group. Some of you have been coming here for a while, but said, oh, I want to get plugged in, but it's been the summer and it's been busy and you've never truly got plugged in, this is the time to do it. As another school year begins, don't let that go by the wayside. You must be plugged into community, or the devil is going to have a hold of you. You must be plugged in. And so here's what happens. When a small group, when a, when a group of believers come together, when you're just gathering with a group of girls or a group of guys for, for coffee and to talk about how Jesus is working in your life, when that setting is healthy, those should be the very faithful friends that we're talking about this morning. They should be the people that are helping you look more like Jesus. Because here, here's the truth, is that when iron is sharpened, when you sharpen a knife, there's a glow or a shine on it. And so in the same way, when we leave this place this morning, after we've spent time worshiping God and, and Lord willing, spent time in a small group, we should be different there should be a life that is radiating from us because of the time that we've spent with other believers. There should be a shine, a glow. And if you've experienced this type of community that I'm talking about, you know what this is like. That even no matter the struggle, the difficulty that you're going through, that when you sit with other believers and you encourage one another, you admonish one another, you feel different, right? You leave encouraged from that time. But here, here's what a lot of people miss is that when iron is sharpened, it's not an easy process. It's difficult. It, it requires friction. It requires heat. It's not rainbows and butterflies. Oh yeah, iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another, right? Like, it, it's actually a difficult process. So let's look at verse 6, and you'll see what I'm talking about of chapter 27. 
It says, faithful are the wounds of a friend and profuse or abundant or multiple are the kisses of an enemy. So how can you tell if a friend is truly faithful? It's if they share the hard things that you need to hear. A faithful friend shares hard truths. They share hard truths. And so I heard an author describe it this way recently, that all of us want someone in our life that would say, hey, you have a piece of pepper in your teeth? You have a stain on your shirt? Right? Your zipper's down? All of us want that type of person in our life. It may be kind of annoying to hear it all the time, but all of us would say, hey, we'd rather have someone tell us when we have something in our teeth than to go all day with that thing there. Right? And what the author was trying to communicate is that without those type of people, we would go all day with things that are unnoticed. Things that maybe that we wish we would have known about, that we wish we could have fixed. And in the same way, when we're talking about the context of believers, we need people in our life that will point out the sin that we can't see. We, we need people that will point out the struggle with gossip that you didn't know was there. We need someone to point out you're really addicted to watching football on Sunday and giving your life to that, right? We need people that point out the things in our struggles that we can't see, that are pointing out those things. And so a Christian friend, I love this quote, won't just tell us what we want to hear, but they'll tell us what we need to hear. And so this is really the truth of what this proverb is saying. It's saying someone that's not truly a faithful friend is only going to encourage you. They're only going to tell you how good you look, how great you are, how wonderful you did on that project. Scripture describes it as like they're blowing kisses to you. They're only lifting you up. But a faithful friend is one that does encourage you. They do, they do lift you up, but they also say the hard things that no one else is willing to say. They, th- they say the things that you need to hear to grow spiritually, to help you take your next step in your faith. And so Lyle Wells, he's the CEO of Integris Leadership. Our next-gen ministry uh, has worked with this company a lot to seek to be better leaders and ministers of different areas that we're leading here at the church. And he preaches this idea that every single person needs a truth teller, that everyone needs someone in their life that you give permission to, to say, tell me what I need to hear. Show me where I'm blind. Help me in these areas. And he says that a truth teller is someone that shares in grace, truth, love, and compassion. That a truth teller is always pointing the person back to Jesus with love and care. They're not just doing it to hurt them, but they're doing it to help them, to build them up. And so it's possible that you've been trying to provide loving correction in someone's life, but they've never given you permission for that. And so we need to be careful of of who we're trying to help, who we're trying to to give godly advice and counsel if they've never given us permission. But for a lot of us, we've never told someone that. And so we need to give someone permission in our life. Tell me where I'm blind. Help me in these areas. And so sometimes hearing hard truths, I would say all the time hearing hard truths is not fun. (laughs) No one wants to hear about where they're struggling, where where they're weak, where they're inconsistent. And so when I first got married, my wife would often try to provide loving correction, right? Would try to point out that I don't really clean the dishes well, 
or that I need to work on certain things here, or that in certain contexts with people, I could be awkward, right? And so she would try to lovingly provide this correction. But I was kind of really, um, I talked about this a couple weeks ago, I was very prideful, and so I thought there could be nothing wrong with me. And so every time she would try to share these things, I would become incredibly sensitive. And also, like, all of our fights, if you could point back to the arguments, it was her trying to provide love and care and me blowing up on her because I didn't think I needed it. And some of you may struggle with the same thing, that there's people in your life that that are trying to help you. They see the blind spots in your life. They're trying to point you to Jesus. But if I can say this in love, you're too prideful or sensitive to hear it, right? You're not willing to receive those things. And maybe what you need to grow to be a faithful friend and just a mature believer is to be able to listen, to be able to understand what that person is saying, to receive those hard truths and to seek to grow in those areas. And so a faithful friend, they provide and share the hard truth, but they don't just leave you where you are. They don't just say, hey, you really struggle with gossip? Good luck. I don't know how to help you with that. (laughs) They also provide godly counsel. They help you navigate that. Look at verse 9. It says, Oil and perfume make the heart glad, and the sweetness of a friend comes from his or her earnest counsel. And so what the proverb is saying here is just as pleasant aromas or this kind of whole movement that we've seen of aromatherapy, how it can affect someone's mood or, or bring joy in their life. The proverb is saying is someone's heartfelt advice or counsel can bring you the same type of positive feelings, that it can affect your mood. And so we all need a friend that we can go to about anything, like any struggle that you don't want anyone to know about, you can go to that person. When you're feeling anxiety about like, what's the next step of your life? Should we have kids? Should I go to this college? Should I pursue this different job? that you need a person that you can go to and share those things, anything and everything. And that when you go to this person, you know they're not going to just share just out of pridefulness or just what they think is best. They're going to provide godly counsel, right? You know this is a person that's led by the Holy Spirit. They're speaking based on their experience. And so I know we got a lot of college student or young married in this room, but we also have a little bit of the older generations, like 30s, 40s, 50s, right? And I'm getting close to 30s, so I'm throwing myself in there in some ways. But some of you have walked through different seasons of life. Some of you have kids and have a lot of people in your life that are trying to have kids. Some of you have gone through great struggles. And I just want to encourage you, you could be the person that's providing godly counsel. You could help people through the hardest seasons of their life because you've walked through that before. You could help people not make the same mistakes that you did, right? Because you've been there. We're always on a journey and there's always people that are steps above us or steps below us that we can seek to help and provide godly counsel with. Final proverb we're going to look at is chapter 17, verse 9. We'll finish with this one. Proverbs 17, 9 says, Whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. Final thing we see is that a faithful friend forgives. A faithful friend is someone that forgives. 
And so even the most faithful friends, those that you would say they're your best friend, they are still sinful and broken people. Right? They're going to let you down. They may talk poorly behind your back. They may be inconsistent. They may be the person that always says, let's hang out, but really struggles to make that happen. Right? They're sinful and broken people. But what happens, and I think this is why we struggle with faithful friends, like why there's a void, is today we're so quick to cancel someone when something like that happens. When someone goes against you, when that friend that you thought was real does the wrong thing, they, says the, they say the wrong thing, we cancel them. We're done with them. We don't want to spend any more time with them. We give up on them. There's no hope. And if we want to be faithful friends and have faithful friends, we must be a people that forgives. We have to say, I forgive you for what you've done. And so forgiveness is a choice. It's not a feeling. It's choosing to say, whatever you've done against me, I am not going to no longer hold that over your head, but I'm going to let it go. I am going to forgive you. And so this, this is a truth that the Lord has placed on my heart. That, that It's not groundbreaking at all. All of us have heard this. But friendships won't last without forgiveness. Right? Marriages wouldn't last without forgiveness. And so I don't know who the Lord's speaking to right now, but there may be someone in here that needs to call someone as you leave today to, to go find that old friend and to forgive them. Like for whatever offense they have done against you, to let that go, to make the decision to forgive. And so when we choose to forgive, we reflect the very love that Christ showed us. Right? That when he covered all of our sins on the cross and the great and vast struggles that he went to to pay for us, when we forgive, we reflect the gospel. And so when you struggle to forgive, this week when the person offends you, when that person makes fun of you, when the person doesn't follow up, we need to remember what Christ has done for us, how much we've been forgiven of. And so in summary, a faithful friend keeps their word. They're committed to your spiritual growth. They share hard truths, and with that, they also provide godly counsel. And maybe most importantly, a faithful friend forgives. Over and over and over. And I'll finish with this story as the worship team, if y'all want to go ahead and come on up. There's a TV show that's been out for years, uh, but recently Netflix has released one season of this show. And they do this kind of periodically that they'll release a season, leave it up for a little while, and, and drop it. And I don't know if you've seen this, the show's called Alone. And in this show, they have 10 contestants. And what they do is they take them to a remote part of the world where no one else is living. There's really been no kind of like life there except for animals and nature for maybe ever. And so they drop these 10 people with limited supplies, and they're basically told good luck. And kind of the premise of the show is it's the person that stays out the longest and doesn't tap out. They all have a way to communicate that, hey, I want out. I don't want to do this. The person that stays the longest wins half a million dollars. And what's very interesting about this show is what they struggle with the most. They don't struggle with trying to find food. 
They, we were watching, my wife and I were watching last night. They don't struggle with this lady woke up and there was literally two bears basically inside her tent. They don't struggle the most with trying to fight off predators. What they struggle with the most is the isolation, the loneliness, the, the feelings that they are completely remote because each contestant is placed miles from the other one. There's no one else around. And, and I share that because I think for some of us, this is what we feel. That we feel like we've been placed on a remote island with no one else around. That we're longing for friends, we're longing for, for true community, but we don't feel like anyone's there. And this is how loneliness works, is we convince ourselves no one's there. We convince ourselves that there's no hope, that no one would ever want to be our friend. But in reality, there's people around us every single day. But what we're lacking in is true friendship. We're lacking in faithful friends and true connectivity. And so I want to speak to two different camps of people. Maybe you fall into one of them. Because I think there's a group of people that feel exactly like that story. That you would say, I'm lonely. I don't have true friends. I'm, I'm longing for something, but I don't feel like anything's happening in my life. And I want to encourage you first to seek the greatest friend of all, right? Like during this season of your life that you would seek great friendship with Jesus. He's there. He's near. But I also want to encourage you to seek to be a faithful friend, to keep asking. Don't give up. Don't, don't grow weary of seeking out faithful friends. God's word says this is needed and valuable. You're created for it. So don't give up on seeking out the people that God has for you. But I also want to speak to the other group of people. And, and this would be a group of people that would say, hey, I have true friends. I, I, I've experienced what it's like to have deep community and fellowship with other believers. And I just want to say to you, there's people that don't feel that way at all. There's, there's people that feel alone. Maybe that you walk by every day in, in your new environment or life or whatever you're going through. There's people that feel lonely. And I just want to encourage you to invite them in. Bring them into your circle. Bring them into your family to recognize that they're feeling great loneliness. And at one point, that was you. At one point, you were struggling with that as well. And so I think as a really a great reminder of the ultimate friend that we have in Jesus, we're going to finish this morning with the Lord's Supper. And so if you have your element, if you want to grab that I really believe there's no better way to close our service this morning. Jesus is the faithful friend. There's no better demonstration of friendship than Jesus. And so think about this. Jesus is the faithful friend that always keeps his word. Jesus is the faithful friend who is the founder of our faith. He made a way that we could get to God, to be in relationship with God. Jesus is the faithful friend that always provides godly counsel. He himself is godly counsel. And Jesus is the faithful friend that's forgiven you of all of your sins and will continue to forgive you. 
And so if you're a believer, whether you're a member of Southcrest or not, we want to invite you to, to join us in communion. If you've been saved by grace through faith, to, to partake in this time together. And so what's beautiful about communion is it's a time to thank Jesus for what he's done, for his forgiveness, for his grace, for his friendship. But 1 Corinthians says it's also a time to reflect, to evaluate your life, to see maybe where you've gone astray, and to ask the Lord to forgive you, to seek to repent, and to confess those things to him. If you were encouraged by today's message, subscribe and rate us wherever you stream your podcasts. To learn more about the venue at Southcrest, visit us online at southcrest.org or on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Southcrest Baptist Church. 